This is the Fantasy Football Sportal Podcast, presented by Fantazzle for all your fantasy sports needs. Welcome, Grandpa Berniski, joining via Skype on the podcast. Grandpa, so how long have you been a Giants fan for? Too long. <laughs> Actually, it all started back one day in about 1962, as I recall. I remember I wasn't I wasn't particularly a football basketball fan as such. I I did play football in high school and you know bag and, and yard football, but how it all happened, as I recall, I had gone out on a Saturday night with the boys howling, drinking, got smashed out of my mind, got home, and uh, somehow I wound up in the living room in a drunken stupor, probably uh, in the most disgusting matter, puking all over myself. But that day, I was not in good spirits. I could barely move my head. I had a hangout, hangover of all hangovers, and um, I couldn't move. I just, I didn't know if I was going to die or I wanted to die. But somehow, I happened to turn the TV on at about 1 o'clock in the afternoon to, to, to see what could ease my pain, if there was anything, you know. And that was the start of things that changed my life in the world of football. From that point on, I remember I was intrigued because there was a, a football player that looked very odd to me to be in a uniform playing such a brutal, violent game. His name was uh, Yalberton Abraham Tittle, and um, he had just been brought in by the New York Giants from a West Coast team, the 49ers, like in a trade, I guess, but he was a strange, strange guy. He just looked much older than anybody else, almost decrepit. And um, how you would know that he was old is he, when there was a play that didn't go as quite should have, running out of a certain hole or whatever, and it, it was, he had a, a habit. <laughs> and that was taking his helmet off and slamming it on the ground. Now, this guy was bald as bald. I think it was more of an entertainment thing, but, you know, it was legal. And he could take and he put his helmet back on and he wasn't fine for a delay of game or, you know, going without a helmet. But he was my main point of interest, just to watch his antics. And uh, if he didn't make a third down on a pass play or something, he was an absolute prolific passer in those days. He had some good receivers, but none of the stature of today. But he would make you a good receiver. And um, upon watching him, I, I was just humored by it so much. I went back and I thought the next week, and it was a transition where there there was a guy retiring. I think his name was Charlie Cassard, Cassidy or Cassidy, and number 42. I remember that. And Charlie would go in for a few plays to relieve him his pain once in a while, but but Y.A. was, a yet, as he was called, was doing more than his share of good plays. I mean, he could move the team down the field, and, and, and mostly in 15, 20-yard chunks. He, he was not a dibbler or dabbler. He had two or three uh, receivers that he counted on, and he moved the ball, and they were a good team, but building. As time went on, I think the thing that I remember the most, they had some fairly good 
support players. They had a Frank Gifford at that time that played. And Frank Gifford probably has yardage records that are stand today. But he was a halfback, slot back, <laughs> tight end, whatever. He played multiple positions. And he was a threat at any time. He couldn't run in the, the plug goals. He couldn't, he wasn't a good in between tackle runner. He wasn't big enough, but he could run around in. He could catch passes. And he, not only that, he brought uh, something Gifford did to the game, which wasn't, it was a halfback option where he could pass the, the football. And, um, he was very unique in that matter because he was a threat. And the minute the defense would come up to, to tackle him, he would pass the ball. So it was unique, and it was well, – I think the Giants kind of – they initiated that. But in those days, the Giants tolerated offensive plays and designs, but more importantly, they were really a defensive-minded team. They, that's what they were built on was defense. Well, I'm curious. I mean – how does, uh, you know, looking at this year's team, looking at Eli, a lot of people feel like he's finally entered the elite. How, I mean, how do you feel like he compare? Is it possible to compare him to Tittle or are they just like apples and oranges? Because the, uh, you know. everything has changed, you know, in the, since 1962. <laughs> everything has changed. I mean, the players are faster. They're bigger. They jump higher. They run longer. They're positional players. Um, so it's really the game has involved. It's not even, it's not really fair to compare. I mean, as, as just, just a passing quarterback, I would say Eli is every bit as good as Tittle was. Um, more so because he can improvise. He does quirky little things that when he completes them, you say, how did he do that? I mean, Tittle pretty much, you knew where he was. He was a pocket passer. He probably wasn't much above five six or five seven. Eli is what in the six four capacity, faster, more mobile. But there was there is one thing, there is one thing that they had very much in common from what I can see as a spectator, and that that's they they had a heart. They both have heart. That it that doesn't matter what they look like. I mean, Eli to me at times looks like. A geek. He looks gawky to me. He doesn't look he, he, and never has impressed me with a dominating force, you know, in the eyes of a Ray Lewis or a screaming Dan Marino or somebody that's crazy out there. I mean, he's very calm, very calculated. He knows what he wants to do. And he's got a certain smart to him you know that like when i look at him i think he's he's smiling he's saying eli i'm speaking i think i'm gonna i'm i know what i'm gonna do here and um i hope i can get it done and then he goes out with full confidence and does it but i want to make that point of all the quarterbacks that the giants have had down through the years i i would probably compare him to tittle in ways in with the heart but Phil Sims was a real favorite of mine. He was left-handed. He was out of Delaware, a nobody that anybody knew. He, he was a lot smarter, but yet he was fiery. The only thing is there was a big difference in that era that he played because he played with Parcel, for Parcells, who had really archaic ways about 
on offense. And um, he was, you know, pretty much held with a pretty tight rein. I can only remember his first Super Bowl that he won. And they used to bark at one another, Sims and Parcells. But by and large, that day, he says, here's the ball. You're the quarterback today. And uh, you seem to know what you're doing. We've given you a game plan. Uh, now, I want you to go out and execute that. But more than that, I want you to call your share of the game. And Phil, unbeknownst to anybody, he went out and threw 24 completions out of 25 passes. I don't know. It was awarded, you know, most valuable player. I went to Disney World and all of that. But of all the Giants quarterbacks that I've watched through the years, these three seems to be the ones that come to my mind the most, the first and the last, if you might say, you know. But to be compared to what, what I would have, I would rather have Eli Manning in the, in the quarterback role uh, on Super Bowl day this year than anyone else that I've ever seen. He's a quite, a, quite a young man, um, and he brings more than we, re we recognize. I mean, I'll, I'll put it that way, more talent than he, he's not flashy type of guy. But he knows what he's doing. He knows how to get it done. And um, he's, he's grown immensely in that capacity. I will enter one thing, one thing going way back to Tittle. There was another player that came in that made him quite different. And his name was R.C. Owens. And he was a tall basketball player. He could run fast, but he could jump higher than any player of his time. And the team would always use him in what was come to be known in New York, as only New York can nickname something, the alley-oop play. And he would run when they were on the 50-yard line, head for the goalpost, and jump, get as close to it as it possible. I, I, it would might have been just a fly pattern, maybe a slant, but he would get there before anybody else. And he could jump higher and stay airborne longer than anybody I've ever seen since. And it was really renowned because the Tittle and R.C. Owens became known as the twosome for the alley-oop play. And how many touchdowns they scored with it, I don't know. But he... Um, he, he did make that play famous, and uh, I guess that, that was a trademark of his era. Anything else? Um... Well, I was curious to get your thoughts on this. Uh, before we get to the Super Bowl and talk about how we think that's going to turn out, what were your thoughts on the San Francisco game this past week? How do you think the Giants did? And, I mean, was there anything in particular they did well, and is there anything they did that have you a little anxious about the Super Bowl? Gee, that's a, that's a really good question. Heading into playing... The Niners, not seeing them play, as you know, the West Coast teams, we're limited to how much we see them. I, I was not as fearful of them as their record indicated because of the division they played in, because of the type football, you know, I think we have talked about how their, their defense is uh, outstanding, the 49ers, but I'm not a believer in uh, Smith. I don't know whatever, what there is about him. When the playoffs started, I had already picked that they would be playing the Niners, and I thought that would be a great stepping board to measure and judge themselves as to if they were to play the Green Bay Packers. So that was my thought. I, I was looking forward to them playing. Well, as we know, it didn't work out that way. They played the Packers, played them well, 
played much better than I had thought. I don't particularly about the Packers, what they didn't have that day, but they sure, they weren't the Packers that I had seen uh, along season's path. And the Giants took full advantage of them. And, uh, uh, they outplayed them and uh, outscored them. But I thought um, when that happened, that changed my whole perspective. I thought, wow, are the Giants really this good? I mean, because you look at the, all the, the vital signs, the, the yards uh, gained, you know, all that stuff that everybody picks apart. And sometimes that doesn't really give you a feel for the outcome of the game. But the Niners, I, I thought they played them extremely well. Um, in all facets of the game, really. I, I can't be too critical of that game at all. I, they might have made some mistakes, but you see a lot of these things where they continue to stall on their running game. They don't step up and really punish anybody anymore. They don't have a good average per game on the ground. But the way they make up for that, when you've got guys like Nick's running around and you've got uh, Victor uh, Cruz and uh, Manningham and a few other guys, that's what helps them loosen that up and overshadow their lack of a running game. If there's one big question here is, is this coming Super Bowl against the Patriots, you're going to need that. you got to, you got to have that at time. And to get out there and fire away against Brady, you can come up short if it develops into that type of game. I think you've got to beat them up. You've got to go after them and, um, run on them and, and have a more even, evenly balanced game. That would be a concern to me. But they've got the people now. I see a few are nicked up. They got Nick's uh, didn't practice. Bradshaw hasn't practiced a couple of uh, days this week. Uh, you know how serious that is? I don't know. But it seems like they've got a full complement, and they've got all their people, all the key players playing, and um, they're, they're loose, playing um, confidently, but loose. They're not getting into, well, we're not picked again, because I, I don't even think they're odds-on favorites to to win this one. I don't know. I haven't looked at it. it was The last I saw it was odds out of Vegas were three and a half in favor of, of the Patriots. So um, do you have any thoughts there? No, I think uh, I think you definitely – it sounds about right. I was curious, is there any particular players that stand out to you that you think you know, facing this Patriots team needs to have a good, big game or that you predict will have a big game in this Super Bowl? I'd like to hope that they can uh, – that an offensive team can step up. I don't think there's any concerns on my part, at least, about the defense – I mean, they can come and get you in so many different ways. You know, I think back when in the heydays of Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence came in from the University of North Carolina, as we all know, and he was like one of these guys between O.C. and Tuck and Pierre Paul. He was one, and teams would they would do such things as run sweep plays on against, right directly against Lawrence in his position, and they would pull two guard, one or two 300-pound guards and run them at him. And at first, it was difficult because, you know, he was in one position and they could find him. And then all of a sudden, it weren't for Bill Parcells. It was more for the likes of Bill Belichick, who was their defensive coordinator. He designed, he said, well, if they're going to pull their guards, we aren't going to let them know where Taylor is. So they, the Giants would attack them through the vacated holes. 
That's where they would run. So there was only one team that even brought that to the table, and that was the 49ers. They're pretty innovative. But now look at what they've got, the weapons they've got to shoot at you with. I mean, you don't know who's where. They're standing up. They don't get in a three-point position. From uh, that perspective, they don't even have to disguise things that well because they just, they've got a lot of talent there. Now, if anybody can, we know Bill Belichick is a guy that can mastermind something that maybe they haven't seen this year. So just full out, ears back, pinned back to the head, coming after Brady, you know, he's, they're going to have things that they're going to try to alter that with. But I, I wouldn't want to be the guy that has to come up with that plan to make it work because drawing it up and making it work and on the field, when you get guys that are revved up and emotional and, you know, like a pack of dogs out there, you know, I don't know. Good luck, you know. Let's hope you don't get any blood on you. One thing sticks in my mind is their running ability, you know. They don't usually come up with 100-yard days, but they don't need to. They just got to keep the Pats honest. They got to they gotta keep them honest and, not, and keep them off guard and not let them know. They've got things they can do. They can come up with a pretty good plan. But I think um, Jacobs has is, is slowed. And almost to the point of he end arounds are unless they're a dumble bumbling trick play or something or a broken play, he doesn't seem to consistently pick up those sweet yardage, big yardage, you know, where they get him around the corner, get his shoulders up, headed upfield, squared away. That's when he'll burn you. But and he hasn't been able to do that in recent games, at least. He's bitten off a few. Uh, 10 yarders or 15, but not much more. So that leaves us with Bradshaw and Weir. I don't know what their plan of attack might be. I'm, I'm sure they're, they're, they're well qualified and rehearsed and, uh, they're capable of adjusting. That used to be a fault of theirs that they would never adjust until for the half. And now they changing players so much that strange things happen by accident. I think that's a good thing. They keep fresh legs and uh, different people get the crowd going and get, get the excitement building and, and make big plays. And uh, everybody feels like they're a part of it. It's a team effort, you know, a team defense, a team offense. And that's what you've got to do. I mean, some games, uh, you know, I've noticed that you wouldn't think Eli is doing his job. But you look at his numbers and you say, holy crap got 350 yards but he threw it to eight different players you know and that that's that in itself speaks volumes what about uh i was curious about the patriots too is there any guy i mean obviously brady's a big a big deal someone you got to worry about but is there anyone else that in particular that when you're thinking about the patriots right now that you are worried like that's the guy we have to stop either on offense or on defense you know, they remind me of the old the team of Miami Dolphins years ago. They used to be the uh, the no-name team. You don't hear a lot of notoriety about any in particular big mouth or anybody's spot. Offensively, I think those um, running those two tight ends are a problem because they happen to be very Hernandez and the other guy, but, uh, Grandostowski. Yeah. They're they're both yeah. they're both excellent tight ends. And they uh, they can come from so many uh, slot positions. Um, I mean, they do a lot with those two guys, and they can really burn you. And and um, what's the little guy's name? Wink. Uh, Wes Welker. Yeah, Wes Welker. He he is phenomenal. 
I mean, how he gets open and goes to the spots, it seems like he, he's taught those guys how to do the same damn thing. They get in those positions, especially against a zone coverages, where they just they just hide. And in an instant, they've got the ball, and they've, they've picked up 8, 10, 12 yards, you know. And I think that's the thing that they're – it's not the long passes that – I think the, the Giants can handle that. But that, that little stuff eats you up. It really does. And it, it can limit your rhythm, you know. You, you, uh, they, whoop, they, they give up six yards. Then they go – all of a sudden, they're, the Patriots are third and nine. And they pick up nine or ten yards, you know. Um, they don't do anything on the first two yards. Uh, they, they're not consistently uh, moving the ball either. They're not a big powerhouse running team. They got some some guys that can do it, but I don't think that'll be part of their game plan. Uh, they're smaller. Are they faster? I don't think so. Offensively, who do they have for a real deep threat? Hernandez who? is probably there. I mean, Ocho Cinco, but he just has not done anything there. So. I feel like Hernandez, their tight end, is probably their best deep threat. Um, yeah, this Osinko, you know, well, I hate to go back in history. The Giants had this guy. Uh, it was in the late 60s. Fastest fo- football player on the field. His name was Homer Jones. And Homer could outrun anybody. It was nobody. He was just pure smoke. They, the Giants used him, you know, as a threat. Whenever they were down, they would just throw up a bomb and Homer more times than not, he would, Tittle would throw it as hard as he could and he would run under it and score a touchdown. But they didn't use him. He was, he could have been such a threat. And then as time went on, he had the same attributes as Osinko. Osinko doesn't know how to run a pattern. He doesn't know how where to make a cut. He doesn't know whether to go inside or outside. Homer was an exact duplicate copy of this guy. Homer Jones and him would make great carbon copies because he had Homer had speed, he had soft hands, but he you didn't know where he he just other than the fly pattern, you know that was it. And uh, they they would when they'd see him on the field they would you know send double coverage his way and they would play one guy fifteen yards off and the other guy about fifty yards off the line and that's how they played against him. But I later learned that he was just he didn't have a mental grasp and I think this Osinko must be of the same caliber because I think he's got the attributes he can jump higher run faster but he because he doesn't seem to get there and Brady is one guy. He will not tolerate that. He just won't tolerate it. You know, you gotta, you, you gotta be consistent. You know, so um, that being said, they weren't no flash in the pan against Baltimore, and I wondered then, and I thought, are they just disguising this? So they, they, what they've got or what they're going to use against the Giants is far from. Of course, the Ravens are a good defensive team, but I, I didn't think that was a particularly good showing by the. Patriots, did you think so? No, I mean, Brady came out after the game and said he just had a bad game, and he apologized, and he, uh, yeah, he didn't have a good game, and I think definitely the tight ends are the concern, because Hernandez is quick, they'll turn him into a running back, have him running the ball, and Gronkowski is just a behemoth of a man, he's like, 
you know, he's just so he's a mountain, and so you know he's pretty quick for someone that big, and so you you got to put a linebacker on him. But then he he can get away from a linebacker. But if you put a safety on him, he's just gonna you know bat him away like a gnat. The one thing is, you know, maybe that he did injure his ankle in that game, and that's going to slow him down a little bit. And if, if that lingers at all, I think it makes it a little bit easier for one of our linebackers to kind of hold, you know, hold their ground, keep up with him. But uh, it'll be tough either way. So either way, that that would be my concern. I mean, I don't know that much about times anymore. <laughs> I, I mean, it, but these guys are flying around. I mean, I remember. I hate to be back to him so much but taylor was 6'4 245 he ran the 40 and 4 4.5 i mean that in that day was flying you know what i mean nobody i mean players would say i saw him coming and then he was by me <laughs> and then he was running around the other side and then he ran by me again i mean and these guys are they've got this kind of speed all over the field now right yeah yeah that's not common i mean that's was back 20 years ago, but today, man, everybody, they just aren't around without speed, you know? They're all fleet of foot, and um, being so big, you know, when you catch them, you better have help. Myself, you know, <laughs> looking at anybody that, uh, looking at that size and that weight and that speed, I, I would fake it. I would, I don't need to die today. I just dive in front of them or something and make a pathetic showing, but I, I can't imagine hitting anybody. I mean, then again, you know, look look at what Jacobs used to be, you know, and I mean he was rumbling thunder and you know he's two sixty and but you know when they pound away at your knees, things begin to and then you've had a you've had an arthritic your knees popping and popping and with problems that really takes the power away from those from those big guys, you know. And and that's that's what's happened uh, with him. I'm I'm sure he's had. You know the thing of it is when these guys go in and they say, oh yeah, so and so is on injured reserve. You know, uh, or the the alignment or this guy or that guy. You know, I've never seen any records, and I'm sure the NFL wouldn't want to show them. But when these guys, some of them hit the injured reserve, you may not see them again, Justin. I mean, that's how serious these injuries are yeah. because of the speed. You know, I mean, they're quicker. They got better equipment. They got better, better medical things that they can do. We don't know where these guys are right now. I mean, they seem to be healthy, and we're probably expecting them to play healthy. But boy, it, they they sure are not going to release that information to the press. You know, yeah. so they're not going to tell you where they are. But a oh, guy walking around with a boot on his leg, a plastic boot from his foot to his pretty near his halfway up his calf, that's not a good sign to me. You know. I feel like we got to get a pick out of you now. Headed into the Super Bowl, what do, what do you think? What's your prediction for this game? What's going to be the outcome? You know, I'm I'm kind of feeling like at this point, well, I would never say this. I shouldn't say this either. I'm pre feeling pretty confident. I, I'm saying the Giants by seven. I'm going to preface that by saying I, a comfortable seven. I think. And then there's a lot of things that are going to have to happen and uh, for the good. I mean, they, they can play them. I, I don't want to see them to get into a shootout. You know, I don't want to see a 35-32 game or something like that. I would rather see it be on the – I'd like to see it feeling more confident, you know, in, in the uh, mid-20s or less or less. 
I'm thinking, you know, 20 to 20 to 13 giants on top. It's just that that's my gut reaction. You know, I have a hard time with that, with predicting those things because my heart and my head never come, you know, from the same place. And you're always, you know, for all these years with the Giants, you've seen some good times, you've seen some bad times, you've seen some, and I'll put it to you this way. I used to go to work early on and I created a monster. I would go in and this was when the Giants were a good team, you know, good team. This was 60s, 70s. They were, they were, they were a force. But it wasn't what it is today. There weren't only the small divisions. But I would go to work, and I would come in the front door, and I'd be boys. <laughs> what did I tell you guys? Giants again by twenty, you know. And and I and I got too much of that, and I got too mouthy. And then there were a lot of lean years where instead of parking out in my normal, you know, cushy front parking lot and coming in the front door. I would I would park it out back and kind of sneak in the back door, not letting anybody know I arrived at work. Well, that's kind of the feeling I get, you know. I don't want to make a lot of noise. And yet I think at this point in time, the, re the reason I feel so, uh, I, I feel a little differently, because most picks, you know, say, no way, the Giants, and my, myself included. You know how we, we lamented them in the middle of the season when they lost four or five, and I get row, we were trashing them. And, but they're a lot better team, and they're a much better team than they were then. And they're playing well, and I like the way they play in, in support of each other. They really, you know, the Giants probably, boy, here goes history right down the shoot there were teams that they had that the defense was very upbeat beating themselves on the chest you never heard anything about the offense but i guess my point that i'm trying to get to when I'm, is the giants now i saw a, a clip on tv and it, it was justin tuck and they said to him they said to him um something about what do you think of that quarterback he says he's the greatest and they said, do you think he's the image of a quarterback? He says, oh, no, he'll never make any movie stars with that guy. He says, I don't think he even looks like he's ever been in a weight room. He's not muscular without his pads on, without his uniform on. He's not that type of guy. But I'll tell you one thing. He's the toughest player on our team. Now, isn't that a pretty big statement from a defensive man? You would think he would say, he could say that about a number of his defensive player friends, you know, that he plays elbow to elbow with. But I thought that was a remarkable. I don't, I hope it wasn't staged, but it seemed like he seemed so sincere when he said it on ESPN. I thought that's remarkable. And to think that he would say it about a, uh, an offensive player. So I don't know. We've gone around the world here and I'm sorry. I'm. <laughs> taking up so much of your time but those are some of the things that i that i think of but i'm i'm a little bit more confident uh, than i have super bowls in the past and and i could be dead wrong but um i think if they play their game and we don't get caught up in any kind of dilemma with a shootout you know scoring from here and there because that will that will change you know if they can keep tempo with it play good defense run the ball a little bit and get 
production out of the whole team, of team effort, I think the Giants will win by seven. Uh, All right. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on, Grandpa. Appreciate yeah. all the uh, all the history and the pick. Thank you for listening to the FantasyFootballSportal.com podcast. For more content, check out FantasyFootballSportal.com or Fantazzle.com for all your fantasy sports needs.